Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Oh, good morning, Tam Tam. How have you been? Oh. Been up since five. This is a very exciting five week. <laughs> five a.m. Getting it together. Can I just tell you what I did this weekend to myself, which was not what did good. You do? Was it drink? So, was it good drink related? Uh, no, it actually wasn't this time, which is like, shocking. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> shocking. I clearly, clearly was not mentally or emotionally prepared for this, but I watched my octopus teacher on. Oh my Netflix. gosh! I wanted to see that for Tamin. so long but then i keep falling asleep because in the beginning is it it does promote sleep with all the movement in the water i'm like i'm passed out tamman okay you're gonna have to have an entire box of kleenex when you watch it it is so it's so good but it's so heartbreaking but like bittersweet like so basically you know i'm not prepared for these things like i should not be watching anything animal related like yeah whether it's a documentary or a movie, because I always fall into like a puddle of tears. So I don't know about you. I don't know if it's like a premenstrual thing or just yeah. like a woman thing in general. But every time I see something to do with kids or dogs, uh-huh. I like have a full mental breakdown. Like yes. it's a full mental, like existential. What's the meaning of life? Why are there children who don't, <laughs> you know, aren't getting fed? Why are there dogs that are stuck in the pound? Like I can't, it's, it's hard because when they say, they say that silence is another form of making a decision. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because like when I watch sometimes like these dogs and they're like, you know, $2 a day could save all these. Oh I, I want to switch it off because yes. for my mental state, I want to be able to switch it off because, you know, sometimes you have to take care of yourself and watching those types of videos don't take care of yourself um which is you, why i'm in a, a haunted hotel because i want to screw with my mind <laughs> right when you hear i will remember you yeah. you know it's time to turn turn the channel yeah so um, it's really it's really sad but um somebody else who is an, a trailblazer in oh. you know the body positivity world which is mm-hmm. a, an interesting term because it's something that's been thrown around a lot lately mm-hmm. and i want to know more about it um and i want to know what she believes it is and what her narrative is and she's a social media powerhouse and a year ago uh-huh. she had like as far as i know following on tiktok she had pretty much like just probably her friends and family on uh, social media and uh, TikTok. And now she's 1.4 million people oh following her story. So I want to know more about her. I want to know why people are so excited about what she's doing, how she's changing the narrative around body and body positivity. And her name is Alicia McCarvel. Please make sure that I say that right. So welcome to Women on Top. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Welcome, Thank welcome, you so Alicia. Have you seen my octopus teacher on Netflix? <laughs> Most important question. Have yes. you seen my octopus yes. teacher? I have not seen that, but you sold it for me. I mean, okay, just bring your Kleenex. Bring your Kleenex. <laughs> Well, Alicia, you're one of the most inspiring people on social media. Um, I've been following you for a while. And uh, as someone, you know, I've never really loved the body that I've been in. I've had issues with weight, um, you know, when I grew up as a teenager. And watching you loving and respecting your body is refreshing. And it, it is against the norm right now. And we are taught as women that we must we must look a certain way and we must and when we don't specifically what the world thinks that we're supposed to look like, we should look like, then we feel like we're not worthy. And we feel like, you know, we fall into a spiral of self-loathing and, and shame and, 
it's something that I've done my whole life, even, you know, as I get older and even with kids and postpartum and what your body looks like postpartum. So walk us down your path to self-love and acceptance, because it's hard for women out there to, to feel that way. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, you hit the nail on the head there. And I think that for so long, I thought I was alone in the way that I was Mm -hmm. feeling about my body. Um, and I realized, um, that I am the majority and Mm -hmm. the majority Mm -hmm. of women are feeling what I'm feeling. Um, I have typically never been a smaller woman. Like even Mm -hmm. in high school, I played, I played sports, which I, you know, I attribute to helping me keep my weight down, um, when I was younger. And then I got into university and, you know, people joke about the freshman 15 and it was mm-hmm. very much a freshman 50 for me. Like my whole, right. my whole lifestyle changed. Um, I jumped into school and I didn't, you know, I wasn't doing anything for myself anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the resources to stay active changed and mm-hmm. trying new things as an adult is hard. And, um, I spiraled into a place of, of, deep hate for my body because my body had changed so drastically. Um, and then I decided to start working at a gym and I started changing the way mm. that I was eating and I went the complete opposite way with it. So mm. I was eating the same thing every day. I was exercising up to four hours a day doing, oh you know, mm-hmm. strength training and cardio. I was taking weight loss drugs that were not suitable for um, humans to be taking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of that in the bodybuilding industry in general. Um, I was, I had no fats in my diet, like anything you could possibly think of to the extreme I was doing. Um, And then I would binge eat on the weekends. So I could eat Mm -hmm. whatever I wanted on Saturdays for a six hour period of time. Um, And that's where I really attribute my experience with binge eating too is mm-hmm. that, that experience there. So I, I worked my butt off. Um, I lost over a hundred pounds. I stepped on the stage and then bikini at 127 pounds. And I walked off stage and felt really no different about myself than I had mm-hmm. before I had lost all the weight. And that was a big moment for me because that's a lot of investment of time and emotion and effort to only come out on the other side. I feel the and same. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah, and still not be happy with where you were. And I, you know, that really put into perspective that nothing had really changed. I wasn't treating myself any differently. Mm-hmm. Sure, people were looking at me differently. And, and you know, the way other people treated me was different. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot more attention, but I still wasn't, I still wasn't proud of who I was. Um, and then I had no reverse dieting. That's a thing when you're in bodybuilding. And I slowly started to gain back the majority of my weight. Mm -hmm. And I spent about four years, three years after that, really struggling to kind of figure out like, how did I want to exercise? How did I want to treat my body? Um, Binge eating when I was stressed out, putting myself in, um, you know, really crappy diets and really crappy, you know, Mm -hmm. things that were never going to last in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then two years ago, things started to change for me. I had a, I had a moment in a beach in Florida where I ended up um, in the water with my husband. We've been together for a very long time and I decided to wear a bathing suit to the beach and we spent two hours in the water doing absolutely nothing, but just enjoying each other's company. And I got back to where we were staying afterwards and I cried in the shower for probably 15 minutes, just being Mm. so like, you've been with your husband now for, you know, you've been together for 12 years and you didn't allow yourself that experience for 12 years because you didn't want to put yourself in a bathing suit because you're so so ashamed of your body. Mm -hmm. You've allowed you and your husband to miss out on experiences like this Mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a, that was my turning point. Mm -hmm. But instead of the shame that I was feeling being about my body, my shame was coming from how my body was affecting my life, which was mm-hmm. very different for me. Um, and it's not a type of shame that I had felt before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just decided to say, screw it. And I started, you know, buying clothing that brought me joy. And I started mm-hmm. focusing on everything but my size. So mm-hmm. um, that that turning point led me to... Um, 
my journal that I would fill out every single day, which had a list of, you know, things in it that I appreciated about myself that weren't associated with my size. And Mm -hmm. it really put into perspective how much I had allowed one thing about myself to dictate how I had treated this entire package of Mm -hmm. who I was, you Mm -hmm. know, from being behind a camera to stepping Mm -hmm. finally in front of it to allowing myself to do things that I typically normally wouldn't because I was, you know, ashamed of my body. Um, and then, um, it has just spiraled from there. I've now, you know, developed a, my binge eating has stopped completely. I've Mm -hmm. developed what I would call a wonderful relationship with exercise versus what I have ever had in my past over the last Mm -hmm. two years. Um, and, it has really put into perspective the value that I have placed on the opinions of others and mm-hmm. my size. You know, it was so interesting. I mean, I follow you on social media. I love, you know, seeing what you're up to and seeing the latest on you. And I noticed um, in one of your social media posts, you said that you used to let weight dictate how you felt about your whole self. Um, why was this happening? Why was this? Was it something that happened like early in life or did it just become all too consuming? What, what was like the trajectory of that? Well, my weight really dictated everything. Like it dictated mm-hmm. the clothes that I wear, wore, mm-hmm. like I choose to wear on a daily basis. You know, I, I, it would dictate the opportunities I put myself out there, there for jobs that I would interview for. Mm-hmm. Um, it dictated my, you know, I, my relationship with the gym has been exercised to lose weight. Mm-hmm. my size dictated that there was no other option you couldn't exercise for anything else and mind you all while I was you know feeling this way I was working in a gym helping women see the potential of everything that exercise can do for them mm-hmm. yet my weight and my size dictated my relationship with that um, it dictated how I allowed my husband to to love me in certain mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. you know like I you know turning, you know, saying, if I don't feel good about myself, I don't understand how you could possibly feel good about me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very much all consuming from the point of, you know, me losing weight to gaining it back to that moment, literally that moment on the beach, which sounds so small, but it was a big moment for me mm-hmm. to be like, "Why you've mm-hmm. 12 years, you've never stepped foot on a beach. Like that's a long time to not do something strictly because of the size of your body. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even a difficult thing for somebody yeah. who is plus size to do. Like, it's not like, no. you know, like I was holding myself back from, you know, doing these like crazy tree climbs that are around or something that was, it was literally standing in the water with my husband and mm-hmm. I had allowed myself to not do that. Um, so it was definitely all consuming. It consumed every decision I made. How mm. many, you know, how many times do women feel this way and they have missed out on so much of life, mm-hmm. you know, it, being a mom and having two 10 pound babies and having skin on my stomach that I don't recognize has stopped me from, like you said, going to swim with my kids or wearing the swimsuit that I want to for fear of ridicule and feel it's that word shame to be vulnerable, to be able to step out on the beach and to feel vulnerable and then to have looks of people. And, you know, especially since, you know, being in the public eye, being on a TV show, it almost like even magnifies that because it's like, you're meant to fit into this box of perfectionists, like people who are on, in front of the camera well, they, they, they mustn't have any issues with their bodies or mm-hmm. aging or anything like that. Whereas we're all sort of dealing with our own demons um, in a way, in the way that we think about our bodies. You know, when you said your story, I remember, so I was about 200 pounds when I was a, when I was a teenager. And then I lost the weight through unhealthy binging and bulimia and anorexia and all that. And I remember standing in front of the mirror every day and looking at my body. And if my bones didn't, pop out the way that they should have from starvation, then I didn't leave the house. And think about how many years of like growing, that the, the, the age where you're supposed to have fun when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. I just stayed indoors and I was like a shell of myself because, you know, the world, um, the world had taught me and so many of us that if you don't look 
a certain way, then you're not enough. And so that goes to my next question. Like I was really bullied when I grew up, when I was 17, uh, uh, 14, 15, 16, it was like my years of being really bullied. And those scars I still carry. And it's, it's, you know, people say, you know, through therapy and one day having changing your mindset, then those scars aren't there. I feel like they're still there. They're just maybe less, Mm -hmm. less obvious, but do you still carry any scars from any of the hate that you've ever received over the course of your life? Or have you been able to put that in a box and, and said, you know, that's that and I'm moving on. Um, well, I think the beauty of scars is that, you know, obviously metaphorically, but scars are just, you know, it's a symbol of the fact that you've been through it. It's been there, right. but it's healed, mm-hmm. but it never really goes away. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it is always there. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that is necessarily a negative thing. I think that that's an important thing to remember that those are the things that build you to who you are and, and allow you to have the view that you have now, or mm-hmm. be the parent that you are, or the, you know, partner that you are, or the friend that you are. For me, you know, I was bullied, but for the majority of my life, that had nothing to do with my weight. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I, I definitely had experiences with bullies, but I, at that time I was just, you know, an obnoxious, you know, <laughs> seven-year-old, eight-year-old, And, and that's where, you know, I had been bullied now, right now it's a little bit different. Um, the, the type of hate and bullying that I get and see obviously being on a platform, um, full of, you know, the world, essentially mm-hmm. seeing me, it's a, just a heightened, heightened exposure. People who would normally see me now see me um, mm-hmm. and being confident in the skin that I'm in. I get a lot of hate. Um, but for me, it's less about kind of packing it up and saying I've been through it and more about educating because mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with people's own insecurities and the things that they've been through that Mm -hmm. where it comes, where it comes from towards me. And I think that's part of why I love having a platform in the first place is if me existing challenges, how you think, then I think that that's an important, you know, if I don't have to do anything and I just have to exist happy in my body and that makes you feel uncomfortable, I think Mm -hmm. that's on you. And that's Mm -hmm. something that you have to work on. Mm -hmm. So if I can use my platform to kind of help with that, then that's important. But five years ago, I wouldn't be able to sit here and tell you that I feel the same way because Mm -hmm. I was in a very much of a, I was bullying myself at that time. Not only would Mm -hmm. I have had other people bullying me, but I would have also been sitting behind the camera bullying myself. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's been a lot of the growth is just understanding that that stuff is going to come, seeing it for what it's worth. but then for me to take it a step further and educate people and, and challenge the way they view me and and Mm -hmm. other plus size women. Mm -hmm. You know, I think growing up, you know, I was just thinking about it and I was thinking about when, like, at what point did I start thinking negatively about my body? And I remember actually a thought came to mind. Um, it was sixth grade dance recital. I remember trying on the costume and it was like a two piece costume, like, you know, stomach showing. And I remember like looking at myself and just seeing my stomach stick out, you know, like, oh God, like I feel that I think that was like kind of the first time it sort of hit me that like, why is my body and that's the time when your body's changing anyway right it's like puberty and 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 that time and i just remember feeling quote unquote fat like whatever that negative sort of connotation can be around that and i remember starting at that point and then going on and on you know never really loving my body no matter how thin i got no matter how much weight i gained like kind of a yo-yo back and forth, you know, I just, it never really felt like I was a hundred percent happy with, um, the body that I was in. Um, so for you, I wanted to know, like, at what point, um, growing up or whatever point it was that you started feeling negatively about your body? Do you remember, like, is there like a certain memory tied with it? Is there something, you know, that you can pinpoint about that? High school. Okay. Probably. Um, I went through junior high. I, for me, I was, I guess if we're going off sizes, like I, I was fairly, I did Taekwondo for up until I was probably 15 years old, 16 Mm -hmm. years old. So I was relatively active. I was very lucky that my size 
you know, I know sports can be a trigger for a lot of people, but I was Mm -hmm. very lucky that Taekwondo, I felt no pressure being competitive there for my body itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was when I had less of a, when I started to have less control over my body, I feel like that's where things changed for me. Um, and high school was definitely the hardest year now in this, these bigger groups of, of women. And I quickly became um, the bigger friend. And I had never been the bigger friend. I had always mm-hmm. just, you know, I'd never seen myself that way. So when we were trying on things or going places or going downtown, I was never really somebody who could share clothing or, Mm -hmm. you know, my closet was never a closet that people could get into. And um, same thing with my relationship with my sister, you know, my sister's younger than me and we never, we shared clothes to a point. And then once I hit high school, that started to go away. Mm -hmm. And I think that my value was so attached to the people around me and being seen, you know, seeing myself as equal that once I started to become not what I had viewed, viewed, like not what I view them as. That was when my relationship with my body really started to kind of dwindle per se. Mm, Okay. So we hear the word body positive so much. Um, Firstly, do you feel like it's a negative connotation or a positive connotation? Because I know that people can be down the line for both. And um, for, for me, looking on an outsider, I think it's wonderful. You know, I have two young girls and to show all different types of bodies, is amazing. And I, I'm so happy that she lives in a world now where this is becoming more of the norm. But I know some people can play it up a little more um, and, and kind of feed into this whole narrative of like, you know, maybe for uh, attention, which again is not what I think you're doing at all. I think you're actually educating people. And it's it, it, it made me rethink so many different um, thoughts. And, I, and, and I, I love the content that you're putting out. But what is body positive what is the body positive movement when Mm -hmm. like in your own words so the body positive movement for me personally um is fighting to ensure respect for all body types and Mm -hmm. that doesn't just fall for plus size women Mm -hmm. um that falls for anybody people in disabled bodies people you know who Mm -hmm. it it goes for anybody who would be considered marginalized Mm -hmm. in a sense that it is held back from things it is not given the same opportunities it is viewed by society to be negative um that's what body positivity is to me Mm -hmm. it's it is removing the negative the negative narrative that comes along with anything that's different to do with your body. And that's why I think that it's important. I agree with you. The narrative is being very diluted right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I think happens with a lot of different things. Um, but it, body positivity itself, um, it has a, a long roots that go way beyond um way beyond what's happening nowadays. And I think that the line between body positivity and self-love is often very, very, um, people teeter that line. Mm -hmm. And when, and I would consider myself body positive, like body positive because I live in a plus size body, but -hmm. I would also consider my narrative also very self-love because I don't want to just appeal to people in marginalized bodies. I want to appeal to every woman that has ever felt any different about her body um, or, or any men, because I, I just started getting a, a, a big slew of men, um, which has been amazing for me because that's a whole other topic. But um, my goal when I talk about body, body positivity is to, to, show plus size women and women living in disabled bodies that they are capable of the same things mm-hmm. um as as other you know i say women because it's dominant but it it goes for everybody um as, as other people and my voice is my voice is i am a i am a white woman mm-hmm. so i live with other privileges on top of that mm-hmm. so there are far more other bodies that are mar- more marginalized than than mine you can get the the other sides of you know, body positivity there, they, they tell me that I can't even talk about it because, you know, I'm white and Mm -hmm. basically the roots of body positivity are coming from plus size black women. That's where Mm -hmm. it essentially was created and started. So, um, my goal again is to just be, um, 
a voice that can amplify other voices and my own so that plus size women stop holding themselves back and people mm-hmm. will start thinking differently. And when it comes to that self-love side of things, which is I think where a lot of times people get the message kind of construed mm-hmm. a little bit, um, it's about loving the body that you're in no matter what you know, no matter what part of your journey that you are. So I think that that's where it gets muddled because you do have people who are using, you know, being in a plus size body to get them attention or to, you know, uh, to, to build uh, a narrative of complacency around being, Mm -hmm. you you know, overweight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have people who are plus size who are trying to build the the narrative of respect for people Mm -hmm. who are overweight. And I think those are two very different things as well. Um, Don't you think that starts with seeing more of that? Don't you think, Roxy? Like, it's just like, you say that and I'm like, yes, this is what I want. But then I think of my two mm-hmm. daughters and I'm like, then they need to be seeing this on TV and in right. films and on billboards and commercials. And they need it, it. We need this to be around all the time. Mm-hmm. So we know like, so that all of this is just normal. It's just right. normal. We're just people. We're just humans existing in our own bodies. And there is no right or wrong, good or bad, overweight, not overweight. It just is. And that's what I say to my daughter. I'm like, whatever your size is just is, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. It's like a banal thing, not good or bad. We don't have to attach any emotion to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I think, yeah. And I think what you're doing, Alicia, is so important because like Tam and saying, you're not, you, we don't see that a lot. And it's only been really in the last, you know, five to 10 years that it's really come more into the forefront. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. You were telling us about being on the beach and kind of pivoting the way you thought and really changing your life. But what I really wanted to know is, did you have any helpers along the way, like anybody to guide you or like any mentors? And um, if so, was it hard to ask for help? Um, honestly, I felt so alone while I was going through that, that I didn't really have mm-hmm. anybody. I, I, you know, I opened my Instagram and it was filled with thin women on some type of fitness journey mm-hmm. Um and that is kind of what I had always looked for, for support. I had never really found anybody who was just content with the body that they were in living, living their life and, you know, still, you know, still having healthy habits and still, mm-hmm. I had never looked for that. So I think originally when I had hit the button of kind of switching it, I was very much alone. So I didn't really reach out. I didn't really think anybody would understand, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and I've always been a fan of, of plus size women in general. Um, and I think that just comes from me being plus size, but you know, Melissa McCarthy, Ashley Graham, mm-hmm. um, just women, women who don't fit this stereotypical thin, thin persona that I feel society, society leans towards. Um, and I kind of looked to get rid of anybody who made me feel inadequate on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I started to add people who made me right. feel good mm-hmm. about who I was. And that was a big change. So mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily asking for help, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Megan Boggs, but she's yeah, incredible. She's mm-hmm. yeah, it's Megan Boggs, and there are so many there are so many creators out there and mm-hmm. people in the light that live in plus size bodies that um have made me feel com- more confident. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was less about a support. Obviously, my husband. He's but he has no choice. So <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's had, they he have to. No you know where he lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he has no choice. But I think that that was a big step for me. Was you know where in my life do I feel inadequate and how can I change that? Mm-hmm. Um, and social media being what social media is, mm-hmm. it, that was a, a big step for me to kind of be like, okay, I need to delete some of it. I found a photo of my old um, goal. I have a, a pin board that has all of my old goals on it, like my mm-hmm. fitness goals and, and from back when I was, you know, working out to just strictly lose weight. And I, I had found a photo of it and like the quotes that are on it, it's like, don't stop till you throw up mm-hmm. and oh push wow. through until you're like, just like these s- such 
um, my whole mindset is completely different now. So I couldn't even fathom the things that were on this sheet and they're meant to be motivational, but they mm-hmm. were at now looking at them. I'm like how toxic they were like, you know, don't stop until you you're throwing up or um, mm-hmm. push yourself to, to your limits. Or if you don't achieve your goals today, work harder tomorrow, just so many things that mm-hmm. are viewed as positive. But at that time in my life were, you know, not were more contributing to the the negative side effects of my body mm-hmm. than they actually were to the positive mm-hmm. side. So, changing what I was surrounding myself was probably the biggest help for me mm-hmm. uh, on kind of jump starting everything. Mm. You talk about your hubby who you've been with for twelve years. Um, I think we we're, we're the same in the same boat, Roxy. <laughs> yes, yes. But without kids, you're probably uh, much yeah, more romantic. Yeah, a lot more fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I even know like with my body that can hurt sometimes sexually when you're with your partner, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't feel fully connected to yourself, then how can you really be present with your husband, um, through sex? And mm-hmm. how has that been over the years? Have you felt like, mm. because you've now really started to accept and love your body for what it is that you're able to just be more sexually open with your husband. And it's not mm-hmm. something that's, I don't, know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but fearful or scary or turn the lights off. It's something that is now, um, it's now you're accepting of. And has he noticed a difference too about how you feel? Mm-hmm. I see. And we have, again, being together for so long, we've had so many, we'll get the question. Had so much sex. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> There's no new positions. I get it. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> we get, we'll get so many questions about our sex life because uh, people are like, you know, how just, and it's never questions like this. It's always mm-hmm. how often are you having sex right. or mm. things like this, where I think this conversation this is why I appreciate this question is the most important because a lot of people view me as a plus size woman and having a physically fit. We are very on, we're on drastic ends of the spectrum. So Mm -hmm. I understand people, you know, viewing it as that. And they naturally assume that I would be the most closed when it comes to, to sex or the the least confident because of my body. And it's Mm -hmm. quite, quite off quite opposite in our relationship and um, mind you I was this man's first kiss so <laughs> but I think uh-huh. I think the coolest part for me is that I've been 127 pounds and I've been you know upwards of 270 pounds mm-hmm. and how my husband felt about me never changed mm. how when him reaching for me or him wanting to be with me or him initiating sex or sex in general none of that changed because of my body from him mm. that mm. all changed because of me so yes like even when my sex life now at the point where i'm in my my you know, I'm sitting at two, 225 pounds or 200. I don't weigh myself often, but, um, where I'm sitting now versus how I felt and how I thought I should have felt at 127 Mm -hmm. pounds is I'm much more one with myself and more confident in who I am in the bedroom and in my life now than I ever Mm -hmm. was back then. Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes with being, you know, loving the skin. I, you know, I say that as a broad term, mm-hmm. but I am, you know, I am proud of the the things that I do on a regular basis. I'm proud of my body and what it has done and what it can do. And knowing that that has never changed for him is, is, you know, obviously something that has made me feel, it took me a long time to see that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I thought he didn't want me or he, mm-hmm. and it was so easy right. for me to be like, this is you. Yeah. But then looking back on it, it was never, it was never him. It was, mm-hmm. I, you know, like I, I, I love my husband, but he is wholeheartedly a man and that has never changed. And he, right. you know, he's always lusted for me and he's always wanted mm-hmm. to be there. But at some point, because I felt so shameful about myself, I stopped allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I started to kind of gain that confidence back, 
I started to realize that, you know, I was the bad guy mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the one that was making him feel like I didn't want him almost. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it, how the tables, you know, quickly have turned. And I spent a lot of time apologizing to him for that. Wow. Because, you know, uh, your your sex life is meant to be dynamic. It's not meant to be a study. Well, no, that's thing. the should that we get told. It's meant to <laughs> yeah. be. Right. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it no. it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, just, a, it's a but, cycle. That's what I mean. Like in a sense that it, it's the same as your relationship with your body. Like it, it mm-hmm. changes over a time. It, you, how often, I hate that question. How often are you having sex? How often know. are you? I mean, yeah. do you think, like, it, it, Roxy and I know, Roxy and I, I mean, know. <laughs> Roxy, how many times are you having sex? Go on. Tell me. I mean, I'm, I am one for, for me, it's not so much the frequency, it's like the intensity of it, like yeah. the quality of That's it. because you orgasm 20 times this in one true. sitting. So it's I literally mean- lasted her the entire month. She's like, why do I need to have sex again? I orgasm 20 times on Monday. I'm good. I'm good I mean, with 30 days. I'm good with a big bang, you know? I mean. <laughs> and that's what I think is so important. And yeah. obviously open dialogue around this because I think right. when people answer those questions and they're like four times a week, every single day, only mm. once a week, it sets this standard right, for every right. single mm-hmm. relationship that just doesn't exist. And shame. Like, shame starts to seep in. Yes. Yeah. And your sex life is your sex life. Like that is yours. That is between you and your partner. That is sometimes between you and just yourself. So, So Mm -hmm. like that whole, those whole things are, it's so important that you set those. The reason, the thing that I like to bring focus on when I get that question is it's not how frequent you are or you aren't. It's why you are and why you aren't. Mm -hmm. And that's that like actually dwelling on it. Because if I go back to when I was 127 pounds, I was trying to have lots of sex because mm-hmm. I thought that now that I was thin, yeah, that that is what, so true. that right? is what he wanted. And then I, you know, I go back to, you know, not feeling one with myself and saying no to sex. And then I was saying no to sex, not because I didn't want it, but because I felt ashamed of my body. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I try to redirect when I get asked those questions to like, it's not an amount or time it's between mm-hmm. you and your partner. And it's the reasons why, and the reasons why you aren't mm-hmm. is what's important with, with your sex so life. It's, you know, yeah. the, the motive behind it, I think is what's great, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm far more, you know, I, I choose sexier things to be in now than I, mm-hmm. I've ever chose. And just, you know, I never owned lingerie until two years ago. Those were things I just never had because I never thought that that was something he would be interested in seeing me in. And then right. now I'm just like, I look hot, so I'm going to buy it. So yeah. like, that's for, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's changed with once I realized you know, who I was and Mm -hmm. how confident in myself I could be, then that kind of changed in the bedroom too, because it was, I was less worried about what he was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. More like, oh, you know, this is what I can do. You know, it's so interesting too, because so much of sex, I think so many people place so much um, importance on the physical aspect of it, where it's so much more mental and emotional, I think, especially for women, you know, because it's, it's about that connection. So at the times when you weren't feeling great about yourself, when you were kind of going through those valleys, what did he do or what did he say or what, how did he sort of, how was he there as such a good support? You know, like what were some of the things that he was doing um i think the, the beautiful part about my husband specifically and for mm-hmm. me a lot of my learning has always happened on my own mm. and i think that that's hard to have when you've been with somebody for so long mm-hmm. um and he has always been super respectful of my moments where I need to just exist in myself. Like I need mm-hmm. to let me wallow in my self-pity for, you know, mm. 25 minutes and then we can figure it out from there. So he is really great at seeing what I'm going through and mm-hmm. choosing whether or not this is a time that I need to be alone for this or if he needs to be like, okay, you're you're being silly now. Like this mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. you're being so often if I was having a hard day or I was choosing to to move away from him for myself he would really bring me back to reality in a Mm. sense of like okay you know like why are you feeling this way this has nothing to do with me like kind of putting me in my place Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just 
allowing me to dwell on that myself and then coming back and seeing, you know, never really holding it against me. And I think that that's super important with anybody who's navigating their body is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're learning and it's quickly easy to take those types of things when you're having bad days out on your partners and your friends and stuff like that. So he has been so graceful and being able to kind of step back, um, let me dwell on it not hold you know how I feel against me but then mm-hmm. step in to kind of put me in my place when I'm just being over the necessarily mm-hmm. over the over the top with how I'm feeling so mm. see I was very you know being overweight and then I lost weight I became very sexual because I thought because mm. I got attention right because you get more attention when you lose weight and I use that as like a superpower, right? I'd be like, oh, they want to have sex with me. Then I'm enough. Then I mean something. And I'm, I'm, I'm wonderful. And then you're in a marriage for, you know, I've been with my husband 15 years. And if they're tired and they don't want to have sex with you, I used to flip out. And he would be like, well, what, what, what's go- like, what's the problem? Like, and I'd be like, no, you have, like, you have to. I'd almost get so overwhelmed and panicked by the fact that he wouldn't want to have sex with me. And then after years of therapy, I realized that I, I had equated sex to self-worth. Mm. And if he didn't want to have sex with me, then he didn't love me. And if he didn't love me, then I wasn't worthy. So it's interesting when it comes to sex and when we talk about like how much we want it, it really does, it puts this meaning on why we, we want it so much. Is it because we're so horny and we want to have sex all the time and we're like waking up thinking about it? Or is it because it gives us our self-worth? And that's a mm-hmm. conversation that I think is important to have, especially with women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I always draw back to, it's not about when and how and how often and who you're having it with it's why you are and why you aren't mm-hmm. in those moments and I'd like that just really finding out the you know there believe me there are plenty of people who are you know choosing to have sex for for reasons that you know are attached to their self-worth and mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a right or a wrong thing mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think it's important to know that that's what is happening aware. Right. and 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 for me it was the opposite I was choosing not to have sex because I felt you know, shameful about who I was. And mm-hmm. that wasn't a right or a wrong thing while I was going mm-hmm. through it, but it was, it was why I was choosing to do it and how that was affecting my relationship was important. Mm-hmm. Can you say about again for me? Makes everything feel warm and fuzzy. I know. <laughs> in a boat, in a boat. A boat? So you, <laughs> about a out boat. out about and is isn't it sorry a sorry a sorry sorry a yeah everybody <laughs> always asks me to say that i'm out in a boat on a boat and i'm sorry eh? yeah. <laughs> 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 i love that you know there's oftentimes we talk about and tam and i have talked about this on the podcast before are these sort of like love languages right with your partner like what are the things that they either do or say that kind of that give you that sort of like warm, fuzzy, you know, very connected feeling to them. And um, this kind of goes on what you were saying, Tam, and about the like, you know, you feel very close when you guys are intimate, like sexually, you physical know? touch. And my physical husband does touch. a lot yeah. of things for me, like a lot of um, what is that love language? It's yeah, uh, it's a to do, right? Acts of service. Acts of, acts he of does, service. He does so many acts of service. And because I grew up in the business and, you know, people used to do acts of service for me all the time and didn't love me. Um, it does not resonate with me. So like mm-hmm. I need touch and words of affirmation. It's kind of both. So I'm like taking up two of them. But um, <laughs> when he doesn't, I feel really insecure. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's definitely acts of service. Cause I mean, I do, I love the intimacy. I love the physical connection, but it's like, I need to see him doing those things for me to, you know, feel that intimacy. How about for you? Do you kind of subscribe to that? Do you, how do you feel about that? Um, I am very much um, words of affirmation Mm -hmm. and physical touch. Mm -hmm. And my husband is also acts of like his is acts of service. service. So that is, was a very big, like a moment for both of us to kind of realize how drastic, you know, how drastically different we are Mm -hmm. with the the way we show love. Um, And we've always prided ourselves on our ability to kind of like, 
communicate and come to a common ground when it comes to things. I do realize like my husband is not an overly touchy feely person, Mm -hmm. but when he chooses touch, I know how meaningful Mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of, we've spent some time really flipping it and putting each, putting ourselves in each other's shoes and realizing how often, because I think for me, it was so easy Mm -hmm. for me to be like, you don't touch me. You don't give me those words Mm -hmm. of affirmation. But when I finally sat down and thought about how many acts of service he does on a regular basis, I was like, Oh shoot. You know, Mm -hmm. okay. I don't value these things necessarily because I don't view them as, you know, love, but Mm -hmm. look, I'm not, we've been together for it'll be 14 years on December 18th and I've never put the garbage out we've lived together for 12 years yeah I've never I've never I've done the dishes twice (laughs) like and I think and like I I, it's it's so funny because for me I don't view that and I never did view that as Mm -hmm. love but Mm -hmm. then once it kind of put into perspective that those those things he was doing was was how he was showing it and mm-hmm. kind of allowed us to be a little bit more accepting of the way we, we showed love to one another and mm-hmm. still kind of challenging other each other. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I do realize he's not going to write me love poems, but he can get me a card for my anniversary and write me a note in it. Like that has uh-huh. been very much like, okay, let's, let's negotiate these things. Cause like I still need my side of things. I'll learn to recognize how you're showing it more. And I'll, you know, I have to try to do more acts of service around the house. I, know, like that. I, <laughs> I haven't done the laundry. I mean, Brooks is going to think I'm crazy. I don't think I've done the laundry. Oh, I don't, I don't do the laundry. All, I don't my, do the yeah, laundry. Yeah, my husband either. does the laundry, the washing <laughs> yeah. up, the dishes. He does all that it's, stuff. It's been really challenging for me to be like, okay, like I need to like, I need to clean the house today because that's going to make mm-hmm. him feel appreciated when he gets home. We're just so funny because I'm like, can't I just like hug you and kiss you? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a lot less time and effort, <laughs> but it is a beautiful thing when you kind of come around the other side and do something like maybe out of your comfort zone or, you know, like something that they would want, which is really, it's sim- kind of simple, but it's, it's hard at the same time too. You know, what if you don't know what their love language is, <sighs> and what if they don't know? Like, what if, mm. you know, it's easy to say, okay, well, his is acts of service, so he right. must want acts of service. Right. But what if you don't know? I see that's funny because we never really knew that those were our love languages until we actually sat down and took the love language test oh. until we actually sat down and mm. had done it. Um, but we communicate like communication in general has been one of our, our strongest suits and our ability to kind of sit down and analyze the situation and have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I also have no issue asking for what I need and neither does Mm -hmm. he. And I think that that's super important Mm -hmm. in any relationship. It's like, Mm -hmm. I need a card on my anniversary. Mm -hmm. You, you know, that seems silly to you, but I need that. Mm -hmm. So early on, we got pretty good at saying like, I need you to be present for this today. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me out with this today. So I think it's it's a lot about communication and being able to kind of ask for what you need that makes you mm-hmm. feel good. Did you have to at any times um, do therapy or anything like that to kind of get to the place where you are now? Or was this all just like, you know, looking inwards and kind of going on your own journey? Um, I never, I have honestly never done any type of, of therapy, not because I'm necessarily against it, but I also have never really had medical coverage and I've never really had Mm. that, you know, the finances to be able to support my mental health in in that way. Mm. Um, but a lot, and a lot of it was internal, like a lot of it was internal, but I also did a lot of, you know, like I'm a huge Google searcher. So just Mm -hmm. like read, reading, you know, um, not necessarily books, Mm -hmm. um, but just, you know, like articles on self-love and, you know, research papers on Mm -hmm. how drastically things change for people when they're feeling positive versus how they're feeling when they're negative. And that kind of put a lot of stuff into perspective for me. So Mm -hmm. a lot of it was, uh, was self just kind of like I was I lost my job so I had a, a plenty of time to kind of just right. sit back and be like <laughs> okay you mm-hmm. need to figure out yourself type of thing so I'm mm-hmm. very lucky in that sense but yeah most mostly on my own and it's who you surround yourself and like what you're when you said about Instagram I did a mass call of people I follow because I 
you know, there's this, I think we're all in a way addicted to our phones and scrolling. Mm -hmm. And I would find myself at the end of my day and I'd have a wonderful day with my family or work or whatever I was doing. And I'd or your my podcast. Oh, my podcast. <laughs> with the um, and then I would sit in the bed and just scroll. And for two mm -hmm. hours I was scrolling and I was feeling worse and worse and worse and comparing. And why do they have that job? And why do they have that body? And why do they have that, you know, that wonderful trip that they're doing? And why do they have that, that, those finances? And it just started to get, by the time I would go to sleep, I'd be quite depressed and then I'd wake mm. up really anxious. So I did a mass calling of people who are on my Instagram that are people that are aligned with the same values as me and also mm -hmm. the same narrative I want to put out. And you can grow learning, you know, it makes me sad that we all can't. It's important that I think that we all can get to therapy, but if we can't, it's also who you're surrounding yourself with. I also wanted to mention um, when you said that you tell your uh, husband like to write you a card. I do that. But then when he writes the card, I'm like, you just wrote the card because I told you to write the card. It's not because you really love me. Or if I say like, hey, before I go into a meeting, you have to say like, I love you so much. Like you're going to kick ass. And then he does it. And I'm like, you just did that because I told you to do that. And, it, and it's the therapist wants to me, like, does it matter, Tamman? And I'm like, I guess it doesn't. If you want to know that it's coming from the heart, you know what I mean? And not that they're doing it because they've been told to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. We I, literally for my anniversary, our anniversary, like our wedding anniversary that just passed, he got me no nothing, no card, no flowers, no nothing. He's not a social media guy. So like, I didn't even get like a cute happy anniversary, babe. And I, <laughs> I helped, we went out for dinner, which I had booked and I had planned yep, and we got yep. back to the house after. And I started the conversation with, I am very grateful for the dinner and the night that we just had, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but the big old but that they're waiting like, for. At least you started with the I. I At least you start with the grateful part. Rux and right, I would have right. been like, you must, like, how dare you? I hate yes. that you did this. Yeah. Never start. I'm so grateful for everything you've done. Like, and I knew he would come back and be like, aren't you happy with the dinner? And I'm just like, I need those things. Like I need you. And I mean, we're 14 years and it's still, I still have to explain that to them. And I think that that's also important too like with anything like our relationships with our bodies our relationships with our partners like they they change they adapt that you still have to have those communicate it's not a place that you get to that's just eternal bliss and everything is perfect forever oh, like it, it you're growing and yes. your minds are changing and same thing with your body but yeah i had to say to him like i need from now on like i need a card for my for our anniversary like i need you and he was like okay so then my birthday he handed me a card and i was like you only gave me this like, i told you <laughs> but yeah so i think someone can relate to that so it's i just and i think that that's so important too like to realize that a lot of people even on our relationship on the things that i show people are like your relationship is perfect and i'm like mm -hmm. no my relationship is mine and i think that yeah. that's where like people need to start to realize that like you, there's no step there's no perfect in a relationship but I still have days where I want to walk him outside and not let him in and I am not <laughs> an easy I'm not an easy person to deal with either like I realize that like my side of our bedroom is an absolute disaster and that gives him so much anxiety when he enters. <laughs> yes. like, I, I am not perfect I'm messy but, yeah but it's it's just it's that learning and adapting and growing, asking for what you need and just being understanding of your partner. And that's this, that I had kind of shifted my focus to that with my body and being mm. like, okay, we're learning, we're adapting, we're growing. I'm going to ask for you what I need from you, but I'm also going to respect you by doing things that are, you know, um, going to build, you know, a, a longer, happier lifestyle for, for both me and my body. So when I realized it wasn't like a place I was going to get to where everything was just going to switch off and I was mm -hmm. miraculously just going to be happy, it made it a little bit easier for me to kind of be less hard on myself mm -hmm. and, and, and realize that each day is going to be different and each challenge is going to be different. And as long as I see that for what it's worth, then in the long run, I'm going to be a happier, healthier version of myself. 
So because so many of us are at home right now due to COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff, I know for me, um, we talk about this is that, you know, being an extrovert like I am, it's been really hard on me to be kind of confined inside and not being around people and the energy because I love to feed off of that stuff. Tamman like loves being inside. <laughs> extrovert introvert right now. You, she extrovert, is. I like she to is. go out, but I don't like to get out. Again, I have to like pull her sometimes. I'm like, come on, we're going and to I'm this like, event. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, for me, it's been really challenging. So I wanted to know for you, like, has this worn on your mental health? Has it worn on your relationship with your husband? Like what? And if so, like, what are your tools? Like, how are you dealing with, with this, you know, staying at home? I am going to go see, I'm going to go a little opposite with this because for me, mm -hmm. I turn to TikTok. That's how um, this all mm -hmm. began. Right. I am an extrovert. I like being in front of people. I like having, you know, an audience. I like telling stories. So when that stopped and I wasn't able to really get that anymore, mm -hmm. that's kind of when I turned to TikTok and started mm -hmm. posting videos and here we are now. It just kind of ex mm -hmm. expanded. And I, I consider myself very lucky because at the time, nobody my age was really on the app. And then when everybody got forced to stay home and to have find to. other ways right. to spend their time, <laughs> TikTok became a part of a lot of people's lives that it hadn't. Um, so uh, that's where I went to kind of showcase my being an extrovert. As for our relationship, um, we have spent so much time apart. Like my old jobs would have me working from 8am till 8pm. And he'd pick me up at 830. And we'd go home, we'd spend an hour and a half together, and we'd be mm -hmm. in bed, and that would kind of be it. So this was new for us, because we've never spent this much time together. Mm. When I when I started staying home, and he wasn't working in the evenings, we had so much time to do things, which was a blessing for us. It's been the hardest for me when it comes to my family, though, mm. because there was about a, a solid month where I couldn't hug my mother mm. and that I live two and a half minutes away from her. So like my oh. family, I'm two and a half minutes from my mother and I'm two and a half minutes away from my sister. And mm -hmm. that died, that died, I was so used to spending my time with them and being with them. Mm -hmm. that that was very, very hard on me. Um, in terms of, you know, I was navigating this whole new world of social media, but I didn't have anybody to necessarily share any mm -hmm. successes with either. So mm -hmm. um, it, it has been a learning process um, and just learning how to be alone, I guess, like that mm -hmm. whole, like being alone mm -hmm. with myself and my thought, being alone in my, with myself and my thoughts has been a, a definitely a, a big, um, but journaling has been my best friend. When mm. I put things on paper, for some reason, I can see them in a whole new light. And that has been very helpful for me to kind of write down if I'm having a bad day, take a step back and come back to be like, what were you even worried about? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that's been super helpful for me. I think TikTok like has been such a connector. It's weird because I, I do believe that social media is wonderful and is helped me in so many ways in my life, but also can be very negative. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the side of TikTok that they show me on their For You page has always been really positive and uplifting and entertaining. And it's actually, I think when people are really suffering from depression and anxiety around this time and feeling loneliness, there's something about TikTok that really makes you feel like you're part of a collective. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, even with this election that was going on, it was just, it was nice to feel like you weren't sitting and having thoughts alone because other people were obviously having those same thoughts as you. And yeah, I think I agree. I think TikTok and being able to create has been such a blessing, you know, and I'm so glad that we haven't, it hasn't stopped for us <laughs> Americans. I'm happy that it's still there. Um, but thank you. So, I mean, Roxy, do you want to do a, a, a never have I ever? Yeah. We'd love yes. to, we've got about <gasps> 10 minutes left and yes. we could talk to you for another two hours. Um, Let's do so it. Great. We're so grateful that you, yes. you came on and spoke to us. Yes. Now that you're super famous. I know. <laughs> we scored Alicia. That's kind of, that's a quick fame, right? Uh, yeah. Fame. Yeah. That really yeah, is. Yeah. It's been, it's been mm -hmm. absolutely overwhelming, but also like incredibly exciting. And I think that it couldn't have happened at a better time in like my life personally, because I, I feel like I'm confident with who I am and what mm. I, you know, what I'm going to be putting out there for people. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's definitely a whole new world navigating, you know, oh. ha having so many eyes on you at all times. <laughs> 
at all times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. How do we play this game, Roxy, again? <laughs> okay. So basically, we say, never have I ever fill in the blank. And you say if you have or you haven't. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Never have I ever, because I really worry about this. Never have I ever been at the gym doing some weights and it's fallen on top of me. I have. Oh, that's <gasps> my biggest fear, especially when they're like the dumbbells are yes. right by your eyes. I'm thinking this is where this is where my head is Did going I to. Did you injure yourself? No, I power lift. So like I, a lot of my lifts are like deadlifts, benching or um, squatting. So I was benching and it gave out on me. And I, I, I know how to kind of tip it, but yes, it most definitely, I most definitely have dropped weights on myself. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever recorded my husband on social media and posted it. And then he made me take it down because he didn't like it. All the time from my side. <laughs> I have. Oh, I have. He's gotten pretty good at like jumping on me to be like, what are you posting right now? But yeah, I have him dancing or him being like overly extroverted where he is such an introvert uh, that he doesn't want people to see. He's yeah, he's definitely been like, yeah, you need to remove that. Do you make it, do you get angry? Cause you're like, that's my viral video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, take down the non-viral the ones. I know we're not going to go viral. But this one's going to do, because the thing about TikTok is, which like, unlike any other platform, is like I posted a video the other day and I did not think it was going to do anything. It did like 4 million, right? And then I posted a video yesterday that I was like, oh, this is the one. This is my 30 million one. And it did like 20,000. <laughs> so That's how you it just don't works. know. You just don't know. Yeah. That's how it always works. <laughs> always works like that. Okay. So never have I ever stolen something. <gasps> oh, um, I think I have. <gasps> I think I, I don't like not from like a store, uh-huh. but I most, I think I've definitely stolen a hotel. Like <laughs> I think I've definitely some towels stolen. and sheets and pillows. <laughs> yeah. Like I've definitely <laughs> stolen like, I, I probably stolen like 10 bucks from my mom when I was in, yeah. when I was in like junior high and high school. Uh-huh. And I've, I've probably taken some comfy towels from hotels. <laughs> oh, that doesn't ever stop hotels from ever having me ever again. I but. know. <laughs> oh, okay. Take linens, but I just don't because my, I have gone. <laughs> they charge you for that shit too. <laughs> yeah, they do. Good to yeah. know. Good to I know. Think, yeah. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever interrupted sex with my husband to check my social media i have never done that our phones <laughs> our phones go away so like that's um that's a big thing for our relationship right now because <laughs> because a social media is so prominent in my life right now mm-hmm. i'm just like him being very clear with when phones can be and cannot be around um and those things our phones are not involved in or around for so roxy view um i'm trying to think i might have i might have rushed it a little bit to check i'm like i gotta get that posted gotta get that posted you gotta post gotta post yeah how about you tamman no i haven't but i have like direct like I believe that like there's always one person who wants the snuggle time after that is not me um <laughs> i am very much like a man i like to have an orgasm and then wham bam thank you ma'am thank you, <laughs> thank you sir. i'm like we don't need to hold each other we've just been doing that like we're as close as we could be i'm good i'm out um so i could literally afterwards like make a phone call and talk about pies yeah. go to the bathroom I call my mom like it's like over when it's over and I'm over you know what I mean um but my lovely husband probably would like there to be a little bit of downside <laughs> I could post I'd be like hey guys no stories like, uh, can you not do that okay um never have I ever I don't know I feel like we're talking about sex in a car Ooh. we tried I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I think we saw. I don't think. I think we saw it on TV. We we like. Oh, that was fun. We gave it a shot, and it just was not. (laughs) Did not work for it. Yeah. So we have attempted it, but we. I think we were so like no at that time. We have not attempted it again. So. 
The we, weirdest can, place, we can ask that next time. <laughs> yeah, Roxy, the, where's the weirdest place? Because the weirdest place I've had sex is in a stairwell. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, the weirdest place I've had sex is at SeaWorld. You told me that, and I'm like, with the, like, what about the whales is sexy to you? Like, I mean, the poor dolphins were probably like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're like clapping, like. <laughs> Oh, I think on that note, we should let this poor, poor Alicia go. I know. She's like, and so much. Like, this is not the podcast yeah, that I right. signed up for. TMI. I was like, what did you talk about? Well, we talked Having about Having sex at SeaWorld? Watching yeah. one of the hosts have sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, that should be the heading. Yeah. Body yeah. positive, Alicia McCarville talks, having sex with dolphins watching. Dolphins. No, don't worry. That's, that's <laughs> We won't pull you under the bus. <laughs> well, thank you everyone Amazing. for listening. And you can listen to us on Women oh, Top. Oh. But hold up. We need to see where we can follow yeah. and find Miss Alicia. Would you like to yeah. tell our audience where? Yes. Sure. And um, you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Alicia McCarvel. And my husband and I also have a YouTube channel called The McCarvels. Oh, cute. Can I go now? Yeah. Can I say it, Roxy? Yes. <laughs> and you can find us on <laughs> Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And I am Tamin Starsock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, Women on, on-